podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Jellyson Podcast. And today, a very special guest joining me all the way from Austria, Cameron Delaney. Cameron, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, wow. My phone would fall right in there. <laughs> Off the top, Robert, we're already having issues. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing well, though, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this. I know you're a busy man. Um, like we were talking about before we hopped on here. Uh, you're joining me from Austria. So how are things going over there with um, this season just now starting? Um, everything has been going smooth, man. I've been out here a month. I came out here September 6th. So I've been out here a month. And um, my first three weeks were good. Then I ended up getting injured about two weeks ago. And that lasted about a week. And now I'm back on the pitch. And I can't complain, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I saw you've already been having success. I mean, to start the year, so. Yeah, but um, so I didn't get to play uh, many preseason games, man, because I came out here kind of late, and yeah. then I got injured. But then uh, the, the season opener, I definitely had a, a pretty good showing, man. I had a pretty good showing. So mm-hmm. I can't complain, man. I'm just blessed and ready to continue to keep building each each week, you know? Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, I mean, talk about the, the team that you're a part of and um, how you see this year kind of playing out for you guys. Um, the team that I'm a part of, this is actually my second year here. My first, my rookie year I was here, and then my second year I was in Germany. So this is my third season now. I'm back in Austria, and uh, I actually like the dynamic of the team. We have a bunch of hard workers. We all fit together well, um, and I think we're going to have a solid season, man. I really think the season's going to be solid. I think we're going to go far in the playoffs, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean – What's the, I mean, I don't know if there's a huge difference, but what's the difference between you coming over to Austria, playing with this team the first year, and then having that year in Germany, like you mentioned, and now coming back to that same squad? You said, how was it um, coming back to playing in Austria, and how was Germany? No, I'm saying, like, like how how have you kind of changed between your first stint and your second stint with this team? Oh, Oh, a huge change. I would just say just me having the experience playing overseas and then also me playing in this league my rookie year. Mm-hmm. I got to see um, the atmosphere, the competition level, and uh, j- just the physicality nature of the game and how they play in Austria. And so coming back this year, I just was mentally prepared and knew what to expect. So that I think the experience really is what will do it for me, just being able – just being mindful of knowing – of what I've been through my first year prepared me for this year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's the, what's the basketball culture like over there? Cause I've had guys, guys on from all around that have played all around the world, like Japan, Australia, Germany, like you name it, I've had them on. I've never had someone on that's played in Austria. So what's the basketball culture like over there? Um, Their fans are really hostile and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they really love the game here, man. Um, the play is very physical, so that's a little change. It's, it's really a grown man's league. Uh-huh. And uh, I just think the love for the game here in Austria, it, 
it may not be seen in the States or heard in the States, but they really love the sport of basketball out here. So I enjoy it, man. Mm -hmm. Now I know I've heard some crazy as hell stories about overseas fans and, and throwing pipe bombs on the court and stuff like that. (laughs) Stories like that. Yeah, man. They're, they're, they're in there they're in there off off of beer and uh, they're just having a great time yelling screaming banging on drums man it's, it's a great atmosphere to play in man it's I would say it's better than college basketball for me just because of how hostile they are like those environments man they get you going like it gets your adrenaline rushing and it's loud as hell in there you can't really hear much I love it I mean for me personally college basketball is my favorite sport like I kind of separate the NBA and college basketball. So, like, college basketball is my shit. Like, that's my favorite sport. So, it's cool yeah. to, to hear that it kind of has that same feel and atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. It, it's really rowdy and crazy in there. <laughs> it, it, I wouldn't say all college basketball atmospheres are like that. But the ones that do get like that, man, it's comparable to that, man, mm-hmm. for sure. It is kind of weird to think about, like – I mean, us here in the States, we don't really get to see that, the, like, fan interaction and, and how crazy they get. I mean, I could only imagine how it would get with, like, obviously soccer is huge um, yeah. overseas in Europe and things like that. But, I mean, like, if there was football over there and it was, like, as big as it was here in America. It would be would, insane. That would be crazy. Yeah, it would be insane. Them seeing players just bang together and, and do this, that, and the third, man, they would be in the crowd going crazy. <laughs> they already go crazy for soccer over here. So just seeing tackle football, American football over here, it'd be a whole different atmosphere. <laughs> the fans would probably be fighting and just like how they do football. <laughs> I mean, have you had any bad interactions with, with any of the fans like them throwing stuff? Um, thankfully, No. Like I've I've had I haven't had any bad interactions. Like nothing thrown at me. Uh, if they said any cuss words, they're saying it in der- in German, so I can't understand. <laughs> um, but other than that, man, no. I really get love from the fans, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, how how do the fans kind of perceive Americans coming over to play? Obviously, um, where I mean, wherever you go, it's. I would assume it's the majority of the guys are, are from that area, whether it be like Austria or Germany or, or in Europe in mm-hmm. general. So how how do they kind of perceive the American guys that come over and play? The fans? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the fans are really entertained. And um, I think they're really entertained by us Americans. because We're not the norm over here. So us being a foreign guy in their country, they really just are entertained and are um, in such awe in how we play and the things that we do on that court. Um, so I think they really enjoy Americans coming over and uh, handling the business and giving them a show. I think they really enjoy it. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I wonder how it's different. Like, cause I mean, when, when guys come over from overseas and play in the NBA, like obviously Luka Doncic is like otherworldly. Uh, He's- He's a dog, yeah. but uh, yeah. I wonder how different that is for for Americans perceiving European guys or uh, guys from Japan, China, et cetera. Yeah. Um, over here they love Luka Doncic. That's like the Michael Jordan. <laughs> 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 a- 
every time I ask a player who's their favorite player over here, they say Luca, man. So Luca's a star. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. I mean, but what was your question? What was your question? I was trying to answer it. I think if you, I think it was like just how, I mean, how different it is from like people overseas fans overseas perceiving Americans coming over, and then how American fans perceive kind of the the European guys. Mm. Uh, in America, I would say the fans perceive overseas guys as I think America is kind of more harsh. I think they want to see that overseas guy prove himself mm. that they belong in the NBA. Um, just because you know how Americans are, we're pretty cocky. We're into ourselves. We think that we think we're the shit. So it's like we want to see that overseas guy perform or um, live up to expectations in order for us to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but whereas over here and overseas, I feel like they already give us the benefit of the doubt because we're brought into their country to supposedly make their team better or score a bunch of points or whatever the case may be. So I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everyone's trying to find that next Luka Doncic. I remember, like after yeah. Porzingis kind of came over and proved himself, there's a few guys that got drafted that were supposed to be like him, like Dragon Bender and Dario Sars to a lesser extent, but they they didn't really have that level of success. So I feel like a lot of NBA teams are trying to are trying to find that overseas gym that not a whole sure. lot of, or like the Greek freak. I yeah, mean, exactly. Oh, I was about to say him, Giannis, man top of the list he came out of nowhere like i mean when he came into the league i was like like this dude could be a dog yeah he he just popped off he just kept improving it was crazy well what's crazy is Jokic and Giannis they just took over the league by storm like this past year they had Jokic had got an mvp and then Giannis won the championship so really the overseas guys is is what's holding the league down right now is what i'm seeing (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, who are some of the best Americans that that you've played with personally? Um, I mean, whether it be this year or the past three years. That I played with when I was in America or? No. Overseas overseas that I played with? With or against. With or against. Man, I, I don't even know guys' names like that, to be honest. I just could, I just know the school that they went to. I just know, I know I played against guys that played uh, at North Carolina. Um, played against a guy that uh, played at um, – it's a school in the Big East, man. I just played with them. Man, that's a hard one. I want to skip that one. <laughs> hey, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I mean – one thing that I've kind of found interesting is I not until recently have I kind of embraced and kind of looked into and become a fan of overseas basketball. Do you think that stigma um, from the casual fans in America being an overseas guys is changing at all? Um, I think it is changing just because of how overseas guys are coming into the NBA and they're making noise. They're winning big-time awards from the NBA. Um, So I think the stigma is changing. And then just for me coming overseas and then understanding that there's all these different leagues and they all play a great brand of basketball, like 
it's insane how the EuroLeague bas- brand of basketball compared to the NBA, like the difference it is, but they're definitely all high level talented guys, man. So I think the stigma is changing. Mm. I mean, you still look, I mean, obviously a, a lot of the casual fans would be like, oh, if you go overseas, you're a bum. But I mean, there's thousands and thousands of guys that are dogs. I mean, like you and we can go up and yeah. down the list. No. Yeah. But it is kind of weird because, like, I remember – I forget who all was on this list, but, I mean, when Kuzma was having his struggles last year for the Lakers, they were talking about, like, oh, he's going to go play for the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> no, all, all those memes started coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's funny. And then – Recently, this was like a like a few weeks ago, a month ago. Um, Isaiah Thomas, they said that he was signing to an overseas team. I forget which team it was. Really, I didn't hear about that. That's interesting. Well, and then he, it, it wasn't true, and he was like, "Nah, that's not me. I'm not going overseas." And then a lot of people and that are playing overseas kind of like took exception to it because he's kind of being like, it came off as disrespectful. I don't think he was like trying to be that yeah. way. But, I don't know if you follow Overseas Fits. Um, I don't. I need to follow them. Are they interesting or what? Mm-hmm. They're super dope. Kelvin Amayo um, is our CEO. I've had him on the podcast. And he really, I mean, he embraces overseas basketball. He's playing in – he played in Iran last year. Okay. I don't know if he signed again this year. What, what was the name you said? Overseas Fits. No, the, the name of the guy you said that you had oh. on the podcast. Kelvin Amaya. Okay, nah, I, I'm not familiar with him. Mm, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, he kind of he kind of posted things about that of all the overseas guys reacting to Isaiah Thomas saying, "Nah, I'm not going overseas." Yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> hey, there's actually some killers overseas. Like as I continue to um just surface uh, social media and just as I watch Euroleague games that come on. Um, and different kind of champions leagues and all these different leagues that come on. Like, I see these guys, and I'm like, yo, I remember him in the NBA, or I remember watching him in college. Like, these dudes were killers, you know what I mean? And to see them have the success where they at, where, where they are now overseas, like, like the stigma should definitely change, man, because especially playing over here is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. For one, you're away from your family and friends. Um, for two, you're in a foreign country, man, just trying to learn how to maneuver and adapt and to have success on the court. Like, all these different aspects add up, man. And to be able to have success over here, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's an it's a everyday grind, to be honest with you, an everyday grind. Yeah, most definitely. All the, all the guys I've, I've had on have really shared that. Um, I mean, some of them have been fortunate enough to have their families there, but a lot of them haven't. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's – it's lonely. They talk about, I mean, they go hoop and then they just kind of chill the rest of the time. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how it is. <laughs> I mean, what but, then, but, then, but then also, also not to cut you off, but then also like uh, at some points during the season, like players go through droughts and stuff. So like you're also dealing with um, the organization, maybe just on your ass about need to have a good game. We need to have a good game or we're going to bring somebody else in or this, that, and the third, whatever the case may be. Like, Overseas players deal with all that type of stuff, man. And uh, the the ones that thrive, like, yo, my hat, my hat off to you. Like, much respect for sure. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked about that a lot, how it is overseas basketball is really cutthroat. Yeah. I don't know if it's like compared to the NBA, it's more more or less cutthroat, but it feels like to me it's it is more. I, I don't know. I have never been in the NBA, so I can't say which one's more cutthroat, but mm. both of them are cutthroat. Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. uh, the stigma should for sure change if they feel like overseas basketball is trash or whatever. Man. I mean, some leagues, lower level leagues in some countries, I mean, I could see like they're not respectable, but there's a lot of leagues that are very respectable. And yeah, man, people should start giving them their respect. <laughs> I mean, you look at all the like you mentioned, all the great leagues all across the world. Like I was thinking about it last night. Like Austria, Germany has good leagues. The Euro League, Japan, China, Australia, even Puerto Rico, Russia, like, Poland. Russia. Yeah. I mean, Michael Beasley's playing in Puerto Rico. Hey, that's a good league, yo. That is a good <laughs> league. I have a friend that's playing in that league too. Like the Puerto Rican league, I didn't honestly, to be honest, until this year, I really didn't know much about it. But seeing all these these guys that are uh, playing in it now, like that league is actually a good league, and there's actually some dudes in there mm-hmm. <laughs> that get buckets. <laughs> anytime, you have, anytime you have someone like Michael Beasley playing there, yeah, Mario Chalmers is also in there too. He is. I yeah, know. I have a I have a teammate um who's been playing in the Puerto Rican league this year and uh. I just seen that I have seen on social media because I follow their social media page that Mario Chalmers signed. So as soon as I seen that, I hit him up. I was like, yo, no way. You're playing on Mario Chalmers now, bro. I was like, bro, you got to soak up all the knowledge and like see how he works out just just to become better. Because he's played with LeBron and D-Way so he, and Chris Bosh, so he knows some things. You know what I mean? Mm. I was just stoked to see that for him. Like, that was dope. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, and then even like – I mean, there's there's smaller leagues that are still slept on. Like, I mean, down in Argentina, it's big. Um, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, a good league down there. I mean, Czech Republic. I mean, you you can just go up and down the list of how many great leagues there are out there. Yeah, and and honestly, um, I wouldn't know anything about that until I came over here. Like that's when I started educating myself my first my rookie year about all these different leagues. Is when I came over here because when I was in uh when I was in the states like. All I knew was college basketball, the G League, and the NBA. And then I knew Euro League. But once I came over here and I started talking to my teammates and they were explaining to me that there's so many different leagues and they're high-level leagues, I was like, wow, man, this is interesting. Like, basketball really is, like, worldwide. Like, it's insane. It's dope. Mm, I think it's probably, like, the, the second most worldwide sport, obviously, behind soccer. I can believe that, man. I can believe that. Like, off the top of my head, I would just say I'm guessing. But, I mean, for you, how do you approach the game differently in terms of um, your mentality on the court when you're playing in all these different um, leagues and tournaments? I mean, we'll talk about you playing for the Minimaki. Um, I know you're in that, like, Utah. Um, is like a pro-am, pro-am league. Yeah. It was a powder league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the powder league. Yeah. So so honestly, I just try to stay um, prepared and as even killed as possible. So when it comes to being prepared, I just try to get in the gym like at least five days out the week. And I try to at least work out six days out the week. So just try to keep my craft like pinpointing and always 
really just staying in the gym, man, staying in the gym. <laughs> and then when it comes to just if I'm having a bad game or a bad shooting night, I just try to stay as even killed as possible, man. Like, just try not to get too high and get too low, man. It's, re it's really what I work on every day and every game, just try to work on that aspect of my mental. Mm -hmm. And I know you're obviously you're still working on it, but, I mean, what? how hard was it to kind of come to that realization that you you can't get too high, too low, and and how did you find that balance? Um, I found that balance by just doing meditative things, like either there's this app called Headspace, which that really opened my eyes to like like meditating is real and meditating is dope, like it's really helpful, and then just doing yoga, so just um, thinking about my body, worrying about my mind, body, and spirit, and just making sure my body is feeling good, making sure my mind is feeling good. So just those type of meditative type things help me with my uh, never getting too high, never getting too low. I'm just trying to stay as even killed as possible. Okay, now I've seen that headspace stuff, and a lot of people have talked about it. And they're yeah. like, hey, meditation is the way to go, but I've never really tried it. Yeah, man. So like really like when I'm in a stressful environment or I'm feeling overwhelmed or something, I just really try to think about the different keys and uh, things that I work on while watching Headspace. It's actually on YouTube as well and Netflix. But um, I just try to focus on my breathing, really just try not to think about anything else, but just focus on my breathing. And that really calms me down and like it like grounds. It keeps me grounded as like to where I am and to understand everything isn't everything and to just continue to flow man <laughs> that's really what I, what I get out of it mm -hmm. I mean when I think of meditating obviously it's kind of changed over the last mm, I don't know handful of years with people really like coming out and saying like hey I'm I'm meditating and it's really working for me and it's kind of been this movement it's kind of cool to see I mean but for me I never I I would always see it as like those Buddhist monks just just chill yeah all day that's what i thought meditation was and that was my first thought too <laughs> <laughs> i mean when we think of meditation i thought about a little this month too and somebody like in some nature just sitting like this or something like that <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, but it's, it's actually way more to that man. it's mm -hmm. way more to it you just have to do your research on it and just try it out you know yeah i, I probably need, i I'm, I'm going to try it out nice Hopefully it'll work out for me, but hey, you you'll find inner peace, man. You'll just start finding peace in a lot of different things. It's so dope. Mm, that's special to hear. Um, so how I was introduced to you, obviously, um, you played with Minamaki um, in the right. in the TBT. So what was the process like of of joining them? Um, really, I uh, reached out to my guy Richard Odoms, who's under um. Potter Sports Group Agency, and uh, Jeff is the one that put me on to um, the Men of Mackey um, TBT team, and I was so thankful for that. Uh, the process was a little hard, not a little hard, but it was a little lengthy, like, because I probably had to wait, like, a whole month before it was confirmed that I had made the team or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but that was, it was nothing wrong with that. It was chill, but um, for them to accept me and want me on the team, uh, I was super, super geeked and uh, was excited about that. I mean, did you, were you super familiar with any of the guys? Like, I mean, obviously Robbie Hummel, Lou Jack, yeah. Kelsey and, and Haas and the rest of the guys. 
I mean, to be honest, I knew about Robbie Hummel, but everybody else, not really. Because I was really young. I was really young when they were killing like that. <laughs> and then uh, other than that, I just knew about Robbie. But then when I actually met the guys, I was like, yo, these dudes are super dope. Like, mm-hmm. like I had so much fun, man. I had so much fun. Just that week, that week and a half or however long it was. Like, it was a cool experience for sure. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of those guys on the podcast. They're all super dope. Yeah, oh. man. Like from the practices to just hanging out to the games, just seeing how everybody really, really being me being around those such high level guys. Like, I it made me take a different approach to the game. Like, cause me watching how they approach the game, like I just was soaking a lot of things up like a sponge. I really was. Mm-hmm. I really was. And that was going to be my next question. Did you get a chance to pick their brain at all, um, whether it be like small pointers on the court or, or things in life in general, or did you just kind of sit back and, and watch how they operate? Um, I did a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Uh, I know when we, uh, when we were in practice, I would sit back. Well, really, I would be practicing, but as I was practicing, I was really soaking up like how guys warm up. Um, how how guys work out, um, how guys play when they compete. Like I was really soaking all that up. And then um, when we were, when when we were going for extra workouts, like I remember being in the gym a couple of times and I seen Kells, like Kells would just shoot like right just in the middle the whole time, just doing hella reps in the middle. And like, I remember like two or three weeks ago, I reached out to him and I was like, bro, I was, I remember when we were working out all you did was work out. All you did was do certain things in the middle. I was wondering why he did that. And then he gave me a couple pointers on why he did that. And I was like, yo, I mean, it makes sense, man. <laughs> it makes sense. I so, love yeah. Yeah, I love Kelsey. He's so damn funny. Yeah, he's so dope, bro. I don't even know if he means to be funny or anything, but yo, he's just funny, man. It's, I think it's just like the way he talks. Yeah. The way he talks always makes me laugh. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I feel like everybody on that team was funny in their own way. Like, I had, yeah, I was really one of the most fun I've had since like AAU days. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And I mean, yeah. Kelsey went on Rayfell Davis's podcast. Shout out to Rayfell. But um, I mean, he said that TBT was the most fun he's ever had as a pro. Yeah, I, I could believe it. I mean, we really had that much fun. And, like, it was just a camaraderie, man. Everything we did uh, from going to the games to eating dinners to eating lunch, just hanging out with the guys, man. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I can't explain it, man. <laughs> it was just the whole experience, the vibe. Yeah. That's what it was. It is. The coaches, that, the coaches were cool. Shout out to Ryan, both Ryans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, they're both dope, too. I'd love to be back for uh, another round, another go round, make some more noise with those guys. For sure. I'm sure they'd love to have you back. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that whole TBT setup and in, in, in the atmosphere? I mean, I was in Columbus for that first game. And it was rocket. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I'd say it was extremely dope. I like how TBT um, does a lot of advertising, like, the advertising they do for it really, really gets America and uh, people around the world like involved and uh, really on the edge of their seats as to when the games are about to play and their team playing, like they all come in support, like that type of thing. 
TBT does a great job with that. And uh, the atmosphere versus um, Ohio State, that was crazy. Like, it felt like a college game, honestly. <laughs> it felt like a college game. I mean, because when I went to that first game against the Volunteers, it was like yeah. still half and half Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't playing until the later game that day. Exactly. I mean, exactly. They, it, it was rocking in there. I, I mean, it was like a – it is kind of like a smaller gym, I guess. It is pretty big, but um, it did have that college basketball feel, which I loved. I think it was actually better that it wasn't a big coliseum or a big gym just because – it was more compact and had like everybody kind of right there on the court, right there with you. You know what I mean? And um, to be able to see the past alumni of each team, like that was pretty cool to see as well. Like even us as players, I think we think it's dope just as a fan. I mean, from just like as a fan with from fans aspect to see like the alumni come back and play for the, their former teams and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just to see how they're doing in life and also just to, put on that jersey one more time and get after and compete, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, were you – I don't know if you're necessarily an Ohio State fan, but were you fans of any of the guys that respected their games from um, either the Volunteers or Carmen's crew? Yeah, man, I remember I remember seeing a lot of those guys. Um, even the guys from Purdue, I remember watching them play growing up as a young boy, man. Like, so to, so to actually be out there – to be honest, it was surreal. <laughs> like, I was having a lot of surreal moments while I was there. I think that's why the experience was so much fun for me because it was a lot of things I never expected to be happening in my life, you know? And so for that to happen, I was just in awe. And uh, I was thankful and I really was happy. I was blessed. But um, to see the guys from the volunteers, to be able to play against them after watching them as a kid, that was dope. The guys from Ohio State. That was dope. And then also you're around so many pros and guys that's actually done it before just being in that area because we all stay at one hotel. Yeah. Um, that was also a cool a cool thing as well for me. Mm. I mean, did you – I mean, off the court, did you guys, I mean, talk about anything about kind of adapting to overseas life or anything like that? Or oh, it- yeah, for sure, man. Many conversations. So uh, I remember uh, asking – I remember asking Robbie Hummel some questions uh, – he told me a couple of NBA stories. That was really interesting just to hear that from a guy that's actually did it, you know? Uh, and then t- we talked about with guys that played overseas, um, hearing their stories, like it was really uh, dope to hear that, okay, I wasn't the only one going through or feeling the feelings that I was feeling while I was over there, you know? Um, I'd pretty much say that uh, this past, not this year, but the year before, like last year, Everybody kind of went through the same thing in the uh, in the sense of it was a COVID year. So uh, pretty much a lot of things were closed, man. So everybody felt like it was just like you, you go to the gym and you go home like that. That was pretty brutal and pretty, on, pretty brutal on people's mentals. Like I would say I was drained after last year, man. And, uh, and to hear that from the other guys that that been through it as well, like it just felt good to hear it, to know that like, all right, I'm not the only one going through this, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Obviously, people all across the world are, are having to deal with that. But, I mean, it's kind of amplified for you guys because you're in a foreign country. You don't know that many people. You don't yeah. have much to do. I mean, you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, you're just kind of stuck. And it's like you want – all I want to do is just go out and eat at a restaurant and just relax. Like, And you weren't even able to do that, man. So that was a little brutal. But to hear that from the other guys, man, it's just it's like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. I continue to push forward sort of thing. 
mm-hmm. and that things will get better, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I know we're getting close on time, so um, just a couple couple more things I want to talk about. I mean, talk about your path from, from, from high school and then obviously to Denver and then transferring to Sam Houston State. Okay, so um, I've always been an underdog type of guy, man. Always overlooked. I always had to prove myself, which I love. I'm not complaining about, but um, I went to Harker Heights High School. I grew up in Harker Heights, Texas. It's a small city, really a, mid, really a military town. Um, went there for four years. Then I did my, I went to the University of Denver just because of uh, Royce O'Neill. He did two years at Denver. Oh, somebody. Did I, am, I, am I here still? Yeah, you're good. All right, somebody called me, my bad. But yeah, I went to the University of Denver just because of uh, Royce O'Neill, who went to Harker Heights High School from Colleen, Texas. He went to uh, Denver for two years. So mm-hmm. I wanted, I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps. And that's also like one of my idols just because he's in the NBA. He's done it. He's doing it. And so uh, I wanted to follow that same route. So I went to, to DU for one year and then I transferred to Sam Houston State where my brother and my sister were playing uh, basketball and scholarship at. So it was cool to come back home and also to be at the same college where my siblings were at. So that was dope. And then uh, my career at Sam Houston started off really rocky, man, really rocky. Uh, in a sense of, I feel like I would be killing in practice, but I wouldn't be getting the opportunities in the game, you know? So that that was tough. And then that really weighed on my mental. But me going through that, I feel like it shaped me as a player because my last year at Sam Houston State, I end up, we end up winning a championship. Um, and then I end up getting an MVP of the conference. And so, like, for that to be the icing on the cake for my last year, like, I was just extremely blessed for everything that I have been through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so then uh, coming out of the, coming coming out of college, like, honestly, coming out of college and getting, getting the pro scene or getting on the pro scene, like, yo, a lot of athletes are not educated in that. Like, it, <laughs> like it's a whole new world, man. Like, it really is. So I had to find that agent. Um, I did that. And then uh, – and, and I started my first year in Austria, had a solid year, but due to COVID, the season was cut, was cut short. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to Germany my second year. I had an okay year. Uh, I really was, I was injured. I had COVID. So it was just a lot of things going on that year. Then I ended up having to leave early just because of COVID reasons in my family. And then now I'm back and now I'm back here in Austria. So yeah, that's a little bit of my journey. <laughs> and then, I mean, I thought playing with your with your brother in, in college was absolutely sick. I mean, was that just like a dream come true for you guys? Man, that was yeah, for sure. It was it was like surreal, like the amount of success we had our senior year. Cause uh going into our senior year in high school, also in high school, we had won a championship our senior year in high school. So going into our senior year of college, like we were t- we were both telling each other what we were grounding all summer, like let's just treat this like how we treated this in high school. Let's just go out with a bang. You know what I mean? Like this, that's what we would tell each other. And so uh, when, when the season started, well, when summer school started, like the very first day, like we had the, we had the mentality and the attitude that, yo, it's championship or nothing. Like this is our last year. You know what I mean? And so uh, for us to have the success like that in our last year, like it was extremely dope, bro. I really wish, I mean, I, now that, now that I'm three years removed from college, like, I'm like, damn, I really wish I could go back. Or I really wish I could uh, have seized the moments even, like, better while I was going through it. But um, 
I'm just blessed that we were able to do that in our last year. Mm-hmm. I miss playing with him, to be honest. Like, nobody, nobody compares to him player-wise. Even if I play with the NBA player, like, nobody compares to how I play with when I play with him, to be honest. So, well, shit. I mean, you you grew up together. That would that would make yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what what was it like to like you mentioned? You kind of had a rocky start at the beginning of your same Houston State career. Um, what was it like to just to grow even further with him through those years and and have it all pay off at the end of the year or at at the end of your college career with like you mentioned the championship and and the player of the year um what was that like it was a it was a real deal grind real deal struggle like I feel like I went through every emotion every emotion my four my five years of college um I would say starting off in college at DU I didn't have a great start but at the end of the but towards the end of the year I ended up starting so I took that what I experienced that year into the, my rest of years of college. And I've always told myself, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, because that's what I learned my freshman year of college. And then um, just from learning that, like, even though I went through every emotion, I would constantly, consistently tell myself in the back of my head, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. So uh, it, it, ended up, it ended up working, man. I, get, I got player of the year, we won a championship at the end of my, my college career, man. So I'm just extremely blessed. And I was thankful for every experience that I went through because it molded me. It, it made me who I am today. So I'm completely thankful for it. And, I mean, your, bro- your brother also, he was all-conference. Do you still have those bragging rights, though? I mean, he was all-conference, but you're still player of the year. <laughs> uh, I do have the bragging rights, but he also gives me that. I never had a 30-ball in college, and he had two 30-balls. <laughs> he had two 30-balls <laughs> our last year, so – He's, he's telling me, yo, you can't retire until you get a 30 ball. So I'm just like, all right, I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he talks trash to me all the time about that, man. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, he would tell me, he would tell me that he wasn't playing after this year, like which is which is our last year of college. Now he's like, bro, stop lying. You are playing. And then that last game, like he was like, yo, I'm really done. I'm not, I'm not going overseas. I'm not trying professional route, none of that. But but now but now he goes to he uh, goes to McHarry College and in, uh, he's in dental school so that's what's up he's doing something better with his life that's so yeah. I can't complain <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean you're gonna be successful either way I was yeah. last night I was looking at um, like great college or great basketball brother combos and thing there's more than I thought I don't know if really? you ever, if you ever thought about it. I mean it's like the Morris twins Steph and Seth Curry. Um, I mean, Robin and Brooke Lopez, the Ball Brothers, obviously, the Holidays, the Antetokounmpo's, the Gasol's. There's a ton. And I think there's something to be said for, I mean, having a brother there that can just keep pushing you, keep pushing you, you, get under your skin, and then obviously make you better down the road. That's a different kind of feeling. I think um, for the siblings that actually go through that, like, I know they're extremely thankful for it because, like, all the things that you stated – like you, you always know it, at the end of the day, you have somebody there by your side to keep you going. You know what I mean? So that's always a blessing to have. And I could, I could really, I can't really imagine going to college without my siblings, man, because I really went through every emotion. And if I didn't have my siblings, I really don't know where, where I would have been, like if I would quit or if I would have the success that I had or not. So having that sibling, man, makes a huge difference. It really does. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. That's special. Um, like I said, we kind of went over on time, so I apologize for that. But um, oh, good. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Um, I look forward to continuing to follow your career and uh, wish you the best of luck going forward. For sure, man. I appreciate you for bringing me on, man. I'm thankful for this opportunity. <laughs> yes, sir. Of course. All right. Stay well, safe. Uh, you too, my man. Take care. Yes, sir. Peace.